Awesome. You alive? Doing good? This is me vamping. Just a second here. Yeah, so Jared asked me a while back to talk about creating a culture of worship. And I thought of about a thousand different ways that I could do this. But I think the most effective way is for me to be brutally honest with you guys. Because I could get up here and I could give you a bullet point list of ten things. that A church that has a culture of worship does these ten things. And we'd all feel good about it. We'd all take good notes. But I want to touch your hearts today. I really want to speak to the scripture that we've all heard. A thousand times. Let's see. You can turn with me if you'd like. John 4, 23 and 24. You may have this memorized already. John 4, 23, 24. And I'm going to read. Yet a time is coming. This is Jesus. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Now, like I said, we've heard this a thousand times. And I think this is one of those scriptures that we take for granted, where we hear it and we don't actually pause and think about what it's actually saying. So we're going to talk about this scripture today. What does it mean to worship God in spirit? We all know that God is a spirit. He is not an old white man with a long gray beard sitting up in heaven. God is a spirit. (laughs) He's not Gandalf from Lord of the Rings. Is that what his name was? Is it Gandalf? Okay. I asked that so y'all didn't think I was a nerd. Okay. God is a spirit. We are made in his image, correct? Therefore, we are spirit as well. We have this body, but we are spirit as well. So worshiping in spirit and truth requires action from both of us. God is spirit. We invite him in. We take his spirit into our lives, correct? So our spirit responds to his spirit because his spirit is in us. Have I said spirit enough times for you guys? (laughs) Worship is a response in every sense of the word. Every form of worship is a response to him. Okay? So your spirit, worshiping in spirit, is allowing your spirit that he put in you to respond to God's spirit. That is worshiping in spirit. Now the one that I really want to spend a lot of time on is truth. So, like I said, worship is a two-way street. He has his part of the bargain, we have ours. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He upheld his end of the bargain. He is truth. Now, this is where it requires something from us. You are required to worship him in truth. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean saying things that are true about him? Yeah. I like opening the word, reading his names to him. You know, you are the lion, you are the lamb, you are peace, you're mighty in battle. All these things, that is truth. 
That's me worshiping in truth. But the real way you worship in truth is take the honest response of how your heart is and give that to him. If you are in pain, what do you give to him? Give him your pain. If you are in sorrow, what do you give to him? You give him your sorrow. For that is the true response from your heart. How offensive would it be to you if someone you loved, you knew they were in pain, and you knew that they could come to you with their pain, but they put on this production for you every time they came into your presence, acting like everything is good. If you have a tough Sunday morning, don't come in here and put on a production for God. Guess what? He knows you. Don't come in here, put on your happy face, and act like everything is good. You're not fooling anyone. You're not fooling God especially. This isn't something that's common to tell you. But having gone through hell for three years, the last three years, I can tell you that this is the one way that I could reach God in my time of pain was to be completely honest, raw, and real with Him. Because when I put on the production, guess what? I didn't feel a dang thing. You know what I'm saying? I don't feel God when I come in and I put on a production for Him. But I tell you when I feel it. When I tell you, God, I am in the worst kind of pain right now. God, I am dealing with hatred right now. That's a scary word, right? It was scary to me until I felt it for the first time in my life. You think God was intimidated with my hatred? Do you? You think God is intimidated by my disappointment, by my frustration, by my pain, by my fear? You think he is intimidated by that? If we think he is, then he's a lot less than what we think what he really is. Right? You think he's scared of you coming to him and saying, God, this is a scary thought. God, I'm disappointed with you. Like, I grew up in church, and the first time I said that to God, oh man, I felt so much guilt. I felt so much guilt. But do you think that he was intimidated by me expressing disappointment to him? To you? No. Because he wants the honest response of your heart. And when you're in pain, he wants you to give him your pain. If you're in... If you're disappointed, don't lie to God and tell him you're not disappointed. He wants what's real. He wants you to be raw. He wants you to be who you are. I like to say to people, do you. (laughs) Do you. What are you? Do that. (laughs) I've heard it another way. It's a lot more, you know, a lot better for this, uh, for this situation by Danny Silk. He said, follow your favor. The favor is the thing that you do well. So follow after that thing. So worshiping in truth is being you. Do the thing you do well and give that to him. But I will tell you, there are times where the pain is too strong, where the disappointment is too strong and you do not feel his presence. Does that mean that he has abandoned you? That he has turned his back on you? That he has walked away? No. But there are times that we all go through things. I'll spare the details of all mine, but I mean, most of you kind of know what I've been through. 
And this has been a, over years. Like I said, this is over three years of pain. And I tell you what, there have been countless times where I could not feel the presence of God. Is there something wrong with me? Not necessarily. Is there something wrong with him? Of course not. But there will be times when you cannot feel the presence of God. And I'll give you how you can feel the presence of God. Turn, in me, turn with me to Joshua chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. In this story, story the is historical. That's story and Israelites mixed together. <laughs> Storial lights. <laughs> okay. In this story, the Israelites are crossing the Jordan. Okay? Now the priests, they have the Ark of the Covenant, and they were commanded to go stand in the Jordan, which was at flood stage at this point. Go stand in the Jordan, and God will stop the flow of the river, and you will cross on dry land. Well, as God does, he followed through with what he told them to do. They walked out, Ark of the Covenant, in the middle of the river, stopped the flow of the river. Now, this is the important part, as if that wasn't. This is huge right here, Joshua chapter 4. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan. From right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of tribes of Israel. To serve as a sign among you. Now listen to this. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? You tell them the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Now why did I read you this story? It's good. Because at some point, you're going to ask yourself, does God love me? Does God care for me? Is disappointment from God? Is my frustration from God? There's one way to return back to him, and that is to remember what he has done for you. Yeah, that's good. And in every moment of your life, you can recall something good that God has done for you, you will return back to him because you know right now I'm in pain and I am not feeling you, but you know, hey, five years ago, I remember what you did for me and I remember how I felt at that time and I remember knowing that you are faithful and I remember knowing that you are strong and you are love. I remember. So I challenge you in every moment of your life that something good happens to build a memorial. Build a monument to that moment. I'm not talking about building an idol in your house or something weird. But if it takes you creating something and sticking it out on a counter, and every time you look at it, you think about him, 
then you better create something, stick it on your counter so you can think about it. Come on. I do it a different way. I write things down. And in this season, it's taken, that's taken so long, I've had to pull out these journals. I've had to pull out these notebooks and read, I remember when he did yeah. this. I remember when I didn't have a washing machine and I was starting a young family. And I was like, we need this. I don't want to have to go to a laundromat all the time. And someone give me, giving me a washing machine. Come on. I remember not having, getting laid off from a job unexpectedly. A week later, getting a job that paid more than I've been to ever since. I've been at ever since. And I've gotten raises and promotions every year in the nine years I've been there. I remember that he was faithful in that time. Yeah, that's good. I remember. And if I had it, marked down those times, if I had it built monuments, much like the Israelites did here, their children may have never known about what God did in the Jordan River had they not built this monument of the 12 stones. And I, for one, want my children to see things like this come on. and come and ask me, what, do, what are these 12 stones mean, Daddy? What do these 12 stones mean? And I say, I'll be glad to tell you, son, this is when God did what he said he would do. Yeah. And if you ever feel like he's not doing what he said he would do, go back, look at these stones, and remember, he will always be who he said he was. Come on. In every circumstance, in every season of the soul. When we remember what he has done, we allow him to reestablish his rightful place in our lives as the Lord of our lives. Yeah. He reestablishes himself. Not that he went anywhere, but we invite him back in. Remembering invites, invites him back in. Think about the beautiful times in your life and you think back. They invite something beautiful back into you, don't they? And you can even do that with the dark times. You think about the bad times, you remember they can invite bad feelings, right? Remembering is something that is so powerful. You guys with me? Yes. Anytime we don't feel him, remembering always does the trick. Y'all turn to, uh, let's do Matthew 11, 28 through 30. You don't have to turn there, I can just read it. How about that? Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. We've all heard this about a thousand times as well, haven't we? Whenever we come to him in truth, we pour out ourselves upon him. We release burdens we are carrying that he was intended to carry, not us. When we hold on to our pain and our rejection and our sorrow and our disappointment, what are we doing? We are piling things on our back. We are carrying things that we were never intended to carry. That's right. For he said that he lay your burdens upon me. Cast your cares upon the Lord and he will take care of them. So how silly is it of us to hold on to pain 
frustration, guilt, hatred. When we have someone that we can lay it upon. Yeah. You're creating unnecessary work for yourself. Unnecessary yeah. burdens for yourself. When all you have to do is cast your cares upon the Lord. And he will take care of you. Yes, he will. You know what burdens do? They inhibit us from actually being worshipers of the Father. You know that? Like what I said earlier, you're, you had a bad Sunday morning, come in here with your pain. The intention of that is for you to release the pain upon him. But if you hold on to that pain, you will not be able to enter into worship. Right. Trust me. <laughs> so being a worship leader over this three years of pain has been a bit of a juggling act for me. Right? Because I'm supposed to come in here and I'm supposed to be able to have you guys enter into the throne room. I'm supposed to lead you there. Yeah. But <laughs> internally, I have this turmoil. Come on. So how am I supposed to lead people in worship whenever I have these burdens? This is why I'm talking to you about this today, guys. I know nothing on this earth more than what I'm talking to you about today. Yeah. Because I have lived this every day of my life for over a thousand days. Come Think on. about it that. Three years doesn't sound long. Thousand, over a thousand days I've lived this. I have learned that the days when I hold on to my pain and I put on a little production for Jesus, it's all good, Jesus. Come on. <laughs> Those were the worst days. But until I learn that he wants you to worship in spirit and in truth. Right. Yes. <laughs> until you do it, you can't release. Yeah. You can't release the burden. And I'm not up here to talk all about pain and all that Come stuff. On. But truth. Whatever you are feeling. You know, guess what? I'm going to tell you something that's going to blow your minds. Are you ready? God cares about you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it sounds crazy, right? You know, he cares about more than just what's happening in your life, right? He cares about what's going on inside of you. You know that? Now, I think that's something we forget about. Come on. We think he cares about what's going on with our kids, which he does. We think he cares about what's going on with our job. And he, does. he does, right? But if you're in a relationship with someone... Do you just do I just care about what what's happening with you know Mandy's job or Jared's job or Josiah at school or my kids at school? Do I care just about those things, how that's going? The thing I care most about yeah. is how is Jared's heart? Yeah, how are my kids' hearts? How is his family's heart? How is Matt and Belinda's heart? Yeah. When your relationship with people, you care mostly about the heart, right? Yes, you do. I don't think God is any different. Come on. I think he cares most about what's going on in the heart. Yes. Yes. I'll tell you another thing about him. He is not rude and he won't just, enter, you know, just go right in and dive in and make you do things you don't want to do. Right? Yeah. We can't force people to talk. He's not going to force us to talk because he's a gentleman. He's not going to violate your free will. Come on. So that he can just get you to talk about something that he already knows about. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of this weird thing, isn't it? But, like I said, worship 
is a two-way street. He upholds his end of the bargain, we uphold our end of the bargain. And our end of the bargain is to release back to him. And us releasing back to him is a response to him. I'm not going to release something on someone that I don't trust. Or that I don't know has my best interests in heart. Or that doesn't love me. Or doesn't know me inside and out. You actually live a lifestyle of worship if you release truth to him. You know that? And I think that is huge for a church. I don't want to see a bunch of fake people. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I want people that are willing to be raw and are willing to be very, very truthful and honest with God, but also with each other. I'd tell you what, in these last three years, Jared and Mandy have heard things come from me that would turn y'all's faces red. Okay? (laughs) And they don't even bat an eye because I am releasing something to them that I entrust them with. Come on. And if my pain and my frustration and my hatred is ugly, they saw ugly. Yeah. But what, it, what happened when I released that? It was released. Let that stuff build up and see how it goes. At some point, your head is going to erupt. You are going to go off on someone that had no reason to be gone off on. You are going to continue to blame God for things that he has no reason to be blamed for. Come on. It is critical that all of us learn to release what is inside of us. The good, obviously, but also the bad. And that doesn't mean we go around and we, we just throw it up on everybody <laughs> and all this. But I do challenge you to find someone that you trust. That you are able to say anything in the world to, and they won't see you any differently. Yeah. That's what Jared and Mandy have been to me. And that there's so much healing in being able to go and just throw up on someone, and then they help you out, right? (laughs) I might have physically tried to do that a couple times, too. (laughs) This is so bad, I'm just going to (laughs) puke. So again, what does it mean to worship in spirit? It means to allow your spirit to respond to him. Every bit of worship is a response. And to worship in truth is to respond to the truth that he is. Right? He is the truth. He is the way. He is the light. Man. Don't carry burdens that you were never called to carry. Because what we want to do We all know why we were created. We were created to have communion with God. Now this is evident by Adam and Eve. God walked in the garden with them, right? Could you say God was maybe a little bit lonely? Probably so. He was just him out there. He's like, what do I do with this? I need friends. Enter you. (laughs) You are intended to be God's friend. You know that? Friends respond to each other. So you were actually created to worship him. So in these times where we reveal the truth to him, 
When we release our burdens to him, you are living out the very thing that you were created to be. You understand that? In worship, you are totally what he created you to be. You are fulfilling your destiny. Destiny doesn't just mean the things that we accomplish in this life. But we were all created for one destiny. And that is to live in communion with him. And when you become a worshiper, you are fulfilling every bit of the destiny that you were created for. You understand me? Amen. And I'm going to end with this right here. Because I think this is something that I actually have struggled with quite a bit in my life. We have, I think in a lot of ways we have two kinds of people. We have people that are really good at giving out love. Right? You know those people. You know, you go over to their house and, you know, go to the fridge. Just do whatever you want. You want me to make you something? You want me to do this? Or it's your birthday and they write this real thoughtful card. They're really good at giving out love. Right? Then there's other people that are good at receiving that love from people. Right? Like, oh, yeah, you want to give me gifts? Come on. Pour them on. Yeah. It's my birthday. It's my half birthday soon. You should should give me something then, too. (laughs) The trouble is, the person that easily gives away love is poor because they are giving away the riches that they have. The person that just receives love is a glutton because they are just receiving. It is critical that we all learn to give yep. and learn to receive love. That's good. We have to learn to love Him and be loved by Him. Because until you learn to be loved by Him, you're going to miss out on so much that He has for you. You know, if my kids didn't know that I love them, first off, I was probably doing something wrong. (laughs) But they wouldn't ask me for certain things if they didn't think I would give it to them. My kid doesn't think I love them or care about them. He's not going to ask me for dinner. He's just going to figure something out, right? I mean, this is making sense. It's a silly example. But it's really critical that we learn to give and to receive. I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be a glutton. I want to be just right, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I want to be right in the sweet spot that yeah. he created me to be in. Yeah. I want to spend time loving him, but also I want to spend time being loved by him. Because I tell you what, no one else does it better. That's right. Come on. Right? Yeah. Well, let's all stand up, if you would. Man, I knocked that out fast, didn't I? Keep talking, dude. Go ahead. No. No. Maybe just take longer. <laughs> Mark's going to be in children's church, and everyone's going to come pick up their kids. And he's like, dude, I didn't even get to the lesson. <laughs> yeah, like I said, this is something that I know really well. And because I know this, I know how important it is for us to, to get this. Uh, you know, I was raised my whole life in church, so I'm aware of what worship is. All right? From, from birth, I'm aware of what worship is. But until I truly realize 
what it meant to be loved by him and what it meant to release release to him I didn't know a thing about it man and I'm not saying you have to go through pain and you have to go through turmoil to understand these things that's why I'm here I'm giving it to you free of charge <laughs> you know it's you looking back just on some, some terrible days. I, you know, I can get upset with myself for things that I said, for things that I said to God, things that I felt about other people. But man, he's taken all that away. And that's what he'll do. I'll tell you what, you can trust him. Come on. You know, there's, there's things that go on in our lives that break trust with people break trust in relationships we have here, but I tell you what, he's never done a thing to break my trust. Yeah. Yeah. Even when I felt like he did. Yeah. You know what? And remember in those times where you feel like it, remember who he is. Because yeah. he stays faithful. You know, I'll remind y'all of something. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He never changes. There's no shadow of turning with him. Yeah. So if he was good to you a year ago, guess what? He's good to you now. So my desire as the worship leader of this church is for you, you guys to get this, to really receive this. And I ask you to open your hearts to this. And if you listen to the podcast during the week, I ask you to re-listen to that. This is, this is good stuff. And I'm not, this isn't for me. <laughs> I'm not saying it's good because it's for me. I'm saying it's good because I've lived this. And I know for a fact that this works. Yeah. This works. And I know for a fact that God is good. Because he does it all the time. He's always good. You know that? We get the awesome privilege to love an amazing God. We get the awesome privilege to be children of an amazing father. You know that? So I want to do something really quick. And then I'll have Jared come up. I want us to just put our arms out. Like this. And I want you to remember who he is. Go back to that time in your life when he astounded you with the things that he's done. When he astounded you with his love. And just remember.
should rekindle a fire burning for you. That as we remember who you are and what you've done, that you would rebirth inside of us a new fire and a new burning and a desire for you. 